Awesome. Right, let's get straight into it. We are in our third week of a series called The Wellbeing Journey and how God has a plan for our well-being. And today, as Matt said, we're going to specifically focus on physical well-being and what God says about it in Scripture. But before we look at Scripture, I would like to share with you my own recent personal journey. This time last year, I started my own well-being journey. I was not well, and throughout the whole of 2019, I was breaking out in rashes and what looked like eczema on my face. I was going to the GP and skin clinic numerous times, and they couldn't figure out what was happening. By the end of the year, crossing into 2020, I had been suffering with a skin infection on my chest, and I had multiple checks as they were concerned whether it was breast cancer. I was running on empty physically and spiritually every day. I was struggling with motivation. I was exhausted in the mornings. I was emotionally overwhelmed, stressed, and easily triggered. And the final straw was when I lost a clump of my hair. And even with all these pieces of the puzzle, I still didn't fully understand what was going on with my body. Those close to me could see that I was not in good health. But honestly, up until the beginning of last year, I wasn't paying any attention to any of those signs. My body was crying out to me and it just wanted me to stop. And before social distancing, before we went into lockdown over a year ago, I had reached the point where I was actually sent home from work to get better. And the root issue to all of this was I was doing too much and it led me to burnout. And at the beginning of 2020, God caught my attention in multiple ways. I have a whole other journal on the countless ways that God was speaking to me, that there isn't enough time to share each moment here, but I will share two which are significant. The first one, this was just a normal, average morning. I got up and I started making my bed, and as I lifted up the duvet to stretch it across the bed, I heard audibly, take it easy, Alex. I immediately sensed and knew that it was God. There was no one else upstairs. It was just me. And I heard it so clearly. I smiled as I reflected on those words. Take it easy, Alex. I knew it was God because it spoke to me so profoundly. He wasn't saying take it easy with what I was imminently doing. He was catching my attention and spoke a phrase that became my anchor for that year and it spoke directly to me. The second significant um, way God caught my attention was in the Bible with a specific part of the story of Elijah, which I'd like to break down and share with you now. Elijah's whole life, God was using him to perform amazing spiritual miracles that just proved God's existence and power. And as we read from 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah during this time, now he was the only prophet of the Lord. Everyone else was worshipping this false god called Baal. And God uses Elijah on Mount Carmel 
to prove that this false god is false and that the Lord is God. After this undeniable miracle that proves God's power, Elijah then captures and kills all the false prophets of Baal. The king at that time is called King Ahab, and he tells his queen Jezebel what happened. And she becomes so enraged that her power has been undermined, that her mission is now to kill Elijah. And what happens next is the part of the story that I want us to focus in on. Elijah flees for his life. He's at that point in his life where he is emotionally and physically drained. He becomes so afraid, defeated, and experiences the depths of fatigue and discouragement. He is alone, escaping into the wilderness in great despair and he's literally praying out to God saying that asking that he might die he says I've had enough Lord take my life he lies down and sleeps under this tree and then this beautiful caring moment happens an angel touches him and tells him to get up and eat and besides him was baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. And so he ate and he drank and then he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him and said, get up and eat some more. The journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Now, this wasn't your average food. This was like some sort of supernatural food as it gave him enough strength to actually travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. And the next part is also so beautiful. When he gets to the mountain, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. It's for the next part of his journey. The Lord speaks to him in a gentle whisper and explains to him that he is on a mission and that his life is not over. Elijah felt alone. He felt burnt out, defeated. And what does God do to lead him out of his depression? God first attended to his physical needs and helped Elijah to rest and eat so that Elijah had strength and stamina to continue the next part of God's purpose for his life. God caught my attention. And 2020, God took me on this journey of restoring my well-being. And he was speaking to me every step of the way. No joke. Every day I felt him close Every day he ushered me into his care, love and encouragement. And every day he helped me regain my strength. And where did he start with me? Like Elijah, God first attended to my physical needs. April and May 2020, I began to heal as he led me back to what I like to call my four basics. Like for real, my body hit a stop and I physically couldn't continue until I addressed these four basic areas. The first was sleep, the second was exercise, 
The third was God. And the fourth was food. I started simple and I found what worked best for me. I managed to establish healthy habits and be consistent in them. And in all honesty, throughout the year, with having to self-isolate for lengthy periods of time and the three lockdowns, these habits have had to change and adapt. But the teaching points for me were, I learned that I needed to value and prioritize my four basics, sleep, exercise, God, and food. I learned that my physical well-being had had a direct impact on everything else, especially my soul. I learned that God cares for every detail in my life and his kindness is real. And I learned that busyness was robbing me from the flourishing well-being vision that God had for my life. As God ushered me back into wellness, I could see that as I addressed my four basic areas, I was glowing. Literally, people could see health coming back to me. And so now, let's explore further the fundamental truths to be recognized in God's word with regards to our physical well-being. So if you're taking notes, I have six points I would like to share with you. And the first one is God cares deeply about your physical well-being. Even though Elijah knew God and how powerful he was through all these spiritual victories, God didn't reprimand him saying, haven't you seen the miracles I've done throughout your life? What's wrong with you? No. But like a loving, caring father, he attended to his needs restored his health and encouraged him. God deeply cares about every detail of your life. Our God, our Heavenly Father, cares so much about every aspect of our lives and he wants you to flourish and function well. I don't know your current physical state or physical well-being, but God does. And in scripture, it says that if God looks after and cares for the birds and the wildflowers, then how much more does God care for us? You, his precious and beloved child. Number two, it's all connected. Mind, body, heart, soul, spirit, it's all connected. When one is out of sync, it affects all the other areas of your whole being. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, God paints his picture of shalom, his peace. And it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless and fit at the coming of our Lord Jesus. God cares and values your body just as much as he cares and values your mind, soul and spirit. We need to realize that our whole being works together, that often the health of your body has a direct effect on everything else, spiritually, emotionally, relationally and practically. 
especially if you work um, or if your work is mostly sedentary, then our physical energy is a fundamental source of fuel that helps our ability to manage our emotions, sustain our concentration, think creatively, and even maintain our commitment to whatever mission we are on. How powerful is this? Number three is value your body. Now, for this point, we need to go right to the beginning when God created us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. What does this mean? The breath of life that God breathed into us after making us out from the dirt from the ground has a home. That home is our bodies. Right at the beginning, we see how God made us. And we as Christians should take care of our bodies and all aspects of our physical well-being, such as fitness, exercise, nutrition and sleep, seriously. Because our bodies are these incredible, wonderful gifts from God that are masterfully designed. When I think and pause to think about how our bodies work and our biologies, I am mind blown. In Psalms 139, verse 13 to 14, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he made all the delicate inner parts of our bodies, formed us in our mother's womb, body and soul, marvelously made for God's purpose, intricately made, mysteriously complex. He knows every bone in our bodies. He knows us inside out and prepared a way for our lives before we even lived one day. Value your body and value what you put into your bodies as well. I don't want you to miss this. When God says he formed man out of the dirt from the ground, this is important because when you explore the science behind nature, dirt is the very base of life of earth because it has the most of the important nutrients in which plants need to grow. Those plants in turn feed us, and if you eat meat, feed the animals. Meaning, the very dirt we were made from contains the very nutrients in the soil that we will end up eating through good food. We see God care for Elijah's needs with rest and freshly baked bread. I don't think it was the processed bread that you find on the shelves with, you know, additives and sugar. Mm -mm. Nutrition is important and it's fuel for our bodies. Just like prayer is fuel for our spiritual connection with God. Point four, we are embodied souls. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies are a gift and a sacred sanctuary 
where the other gift God gives us, the Holy Spirit, lives in. We can sometimes slip into a mentality that overvalues the spirit over the physical. And we need to realize that as we live our lives here on earth, there is a holistic view biblically of human beings as soul and body. And so we need to care both for our souls and our bodies. Now, sometimes there's a tension on which do I prioritize first, and all are equally important. And I would say, if you're asking me a question on which do I do first in the morning, spend time with Jesus or exercise first, then I would say Jesus first, always, then exercise. But it's never one or the other. When we look at the greatest commandment found in the Old and New Testament, which says we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and in other translations it says energy, muscle, and all our mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, the body is included in fulfilling the greatest commandment. In order for us to give total devotion to our God, your body matters. And we need the strength to love our neighbors, practically acting to meet the other person's needs. And that will be hard to do if you're not looking after yourself or running on empty. Number five, point five, we need to steward our bodies. We each should have the expectation and responsibility to steward our incredible gift of our physical bodies. What are you doing that is harming your physical well-being? What are you doing that is harming your body? What sin have you introduced into your life that is damaging your body, which is a sanctuary, a holy place where God lives? In that Corinthians verse that we just looked at, where it says our bodies is a temple, it says that we are not to pursue anything that violates the sacredness of our bodies. So what does this look like? Are you being lazy? Are you spending hours watching or gaming or distracting your time, energy and focus from looking after yourself? Are you eating the right thing? How are you violating the sacredness of your body? And what things are robbing you from the intimacy and commitment that God wants us to have with him? So is it sexual sin which leaves you feeling more lonely than ever? Is it busyness, which was the case for me? Or maybe it's fitness itself when it becomes an idol. There is an important distinction about being overly concerned about your appearance versus stewarding the gift that God has given us. Appearance, unrealistic beauty expectations, striving to achieve bodies that celebrities, fitness icons, influencers have, cannot be what is driving our fitness. And then the reality that this scripture says and shares is that we can't live however we please, squandering what God paid such a high price for. We need to be good stewards and let people see God in and through our bodies. And I am aware that right now you might be struggling, not because of lack of healthy discipline, but because either you have 
short-term or long-term sickness or disabilities. And if that is the case, there is hope. Our God heals. He is the great physician. In this fallen world, there is so much wrong, but all, all throughout the Bible and today, there are miracles, there are testimonies, there is healing taking place. And if we don't always experience healing in this life, we have the promise that when Jesus comes back, the manifestation of God will transform our bodies and will be physically resurrected with bodies that will live forever and be free from the brokenness, pain and death of this world. God wants to restore you back to health. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore your whole being. And so I want to encourage all of us that God has a vision for your physical well-being. What is it? Write down the promises of God over your life. Let God lead you and speak to you in what you need to do, what healthy rhythms and habits he has for your body. Remember, God's purpose for your life is not over yet. Like Elijah, after God met with his physical needs, he then encouraged him with the need to return to the mission that God had called him on. We all have a plan and purpose for our lives. And in order to walk the path God has for us, in order to run the race set for us, you need to you. You need to look after, to the best of your ability and intelligence, your one unique body. The Lord wants to speak to you. All throughout my journey, God was speaking to me. But before, I was too busy and I was too unrested to hear him. And point six, my last point, which is where I'm going to stop. Why? Because on the seventh day, God rested, is point six, receive God's gift of rest. You see what I did there? <laughs> Throughout my journey, God has been teaching me about the importance of rest. Busyness takes a toll on us physically, emotionally, spiritually. And if you live demanding busy life, give yourself some time and permission to reassess God's perspective on work and rest. If you're feeling overwhelmed like Elijah, God reminds us the importance of rest and the command of the Sabbath. Rest is sacred and worshipful and a space to connect with God so that we can truly spend time in his presence and experience the peace and refreshing. But this only happens when we pause our bodies and be still. Normalize rest and being still in your life. God, when creating the world, rested on the seventh day. Jesus removed himself from the crowds and went to spend time with his father. They are our models. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 to 31 says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not be faint. No matter your age, we need to examine how are we looking after our bodies and build the right disciplines and habits.
God caught my attention, helped me, changed my life, and kick-started me on my well-being journey. And God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a vision for your well-being so that you can continue. Steward your body, which gets us through life and is the vehicle where God's spirit lives. You have your journey. And right now he's speaking to you about your physical wellness and wants to help you and be a part of your journey. What can you do now?